wants us to. And um, <clears throat> we have, have quite a lot of scripture tonight, so get your Bibles ready and get ready to turn to some scripture. The title of, I titled this message tonight based on what we talked about last week, Does Your Tongue Need Healing? Amen. So, hallelujah, if it does, well, it'll get that way. Turn to Proverbs chapter 15 and look at verse 4. Praise God. Man, we are entering into some great things in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. But God's fine-tuning us. How many of you know that, that God's fine-tuning us? Did more people than were supposed to go to children's church? All of a sudden, it looked a lot of people disappeared. Did the adults go too? They, they heard the title of the message, and they said, I'm going to children's church. You know? <laughs> Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Praise God. So does our tongue need healing? Well, you know, sometimes it does. Sometimes our mouth needs healing. Turn to Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 4. Are you all there? Is everybody there? It says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Well, now last week we looked at this and we found out that a wholesome tongue in the Hebrew, in Proverbs 15, 4 there, a wholesome tongue, that it means the healing of the tongue. If you literally go back to Hebrew, the Hebrew, it means the healing of the tongue. So let's read it that way. The healing of the tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. The word perverseness there means wrong use. So we'll read it that way. The healing of the tongue is a tree of life, but the wrong use of the tongue is a breach in the spirit. That word breach in the spirit, that, that, that phrase there, breach in the spirit, means leak. It means a leak in the spirit. Or, we talked about this more extensively last week, it means a break in the hedge. I want you to turn over to Job for a second, chapter 1. Just turn back to Psalms, and then right before Psalms is Job. And let's look at chapter 1 of Job and verse 10. The healing of the tongue is a tree of life. When we get our tongue right, we'll have it right, won't we? Amen. Praise God. Job chapter 1, verse 10, if you see there. Um, of course, we know that Satan had gone up before God, and you know, we'll go all to, to, we're not going to go into all of that. But um, and the Lord said to Satan, said, Have you seen my man Job? And uh, you know, talked about that he was an upright man and that he feared God and so forth. And in verse 10, Job answers the Lord and he says, Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? See, the devil knew that Job had a hedge around him. You know, we have a hedge, but sometimes we don't know we do. But the devil sees it. See, you can't see your hedge. You can't see when you take the word of God and you confess scripture, you can't see the hedge it puts around your life, can you? You can't see that hedge when you take Psalm 91 and you speak that in the morning before you go out and you say that the angels have charge over you and that no evil can befall you. You can't see the hedge you've built around yourself. But you know what? There's one there. And the devil knows it's there. But we can take, like we said there in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4, we can take our tongue and take the wrong use of our tongue and we can make a leak, can't we? Or we can put a, a, a break in our hedge and we do that ourselves by saying things. By saying things, especially things that come out of our heart and come out of our heart repeatedly. Then eventually we put a break in our hedge... And you know, Satan's a legalist. 
He, he knows what we say He has a right to do in our lives. So if we speak often of death, and if we speak often of, of sickness, and if we speak about being, well, you know, things driving us crazy, and if we speak of those things, then He says, hmm, I got a legal right there to, to try to bring that stuff in. Well, actually, if you're a born-again born Christian, He has no legal right. It is against the law. It is un but He sees that there's a break there. He sees your given place. Amen? Now sometimes, I want to explain this to you, you hadn't said anything. You're not, you know, so when you look over at somebody in the church and you say, man, they're sick, they must have a bad confession. No, not necessarily. Sometimes what the devil does is he comes knocking on doors and see, what he, see if we'll take it. Amen. He tries to hand you packages. And then what we say depends on whether we accept the package or not. You know, if he tries to put symptoms on your body and you say, I have the flu. Well, you took the package. You wasn't supposed to do that. Amen. You'd say, yeah, but my body feels like I have the flu. Well, don't take the package. Amen. Don't go by what your body's saying. Make the Word of God your foremost and final authority. Amen. And remember, put, you, put the devil in remembrance of some stuff. You know, I had to do that this morning. I had to say, devil, I'm reminding you I'm a covenant woman. I'm reminding you of the blood of Jesus. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I won't take your package. I'm not taking this stuff. This is not mine. You got the wrong house, devil. Because according to Psalm 91, uh, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. And this is where I dwell. This is my earth suit. This is my, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's God's house and no plague will come near my house, my dwelling. I, and I'm reminding of you that I'm not taking it. Did you? And, and you know, sometimes you have to do that for an hour, or two hours or half a day or if you have to do it all day. You know, the better you get at this, the, long, the shorter the time it'll take. Amen. And so if we have the wrong use of our tongue, we can put a break in our hedge. We can put a break in our financial hedge. Amen? We, we can talk wrong things about finances. We can talk lack, can't we? We can start talking fear. Parents sometimes talk fear over their children. You know, don't run out in the street, you'll get run over. I don't care how many times mine run out in the street. They ain't getting run over. Now, I'm trying to endeavor to teach them. When they were little, I endeavored to teach them, don't go in the street, because I said. Amen. 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 But if their wisdom fails, if all of a sudden they get to playing with the ball, and they forgot that Mama said, you know, and then all of a sudden they're not in wisdom, and they, without thinking, run out in that street, they can't get run over. Amen. Why? Because I've put a hedge around them with my mouth, and I'm not putting any breaches in it, with fear. With my fear. See, we, sometimes we speak those things. Sometimes the, you know, you, the, the doctor gives us a report. And we start speaking what he said. Instead of, not, you know, hey listen, you don't have, the Bible says in Romans, to have your faith between you and God. You don't have to be an idiot, or not be an idiot, you wouldn't be an idiot, but to look like an idiot in front of the doctor. I mean, just you can listen to what he says. And then you can go outside and say, okay, he says I have this. I don't, I'm telling you, devil, I don't receive it. That's it. 
This is not mine. You got the wrong house. This is not mine. I'm not taking the package. Amen. You're trespassing on my body. You don't have any legal right to be here. So take your stuff, take your symptoms, and go. Amen. Amen. Instead, when the doctor says, well, you have arthritis, let's just use that as for an example. Most times we start saying, I have arthritis. Well, we take the package when we do that. The devil's coming by. You, maybe you never mentioned arthritis in your life, but he's trying to get you to take a package. And you say, yeah, but it's in our family. It's heredity. It's passed down from generation to generation. You can do something about that with the blood of Jesus. The Bible says you are a new creation. Did you know that you have forever, if you will, you, you have to, excuse me, <coughs> you have to enforce this or the devil won't abide by it, <coughs> excuse me, but when you got saved, when you got saved, your heredity was broken from your family. Amen. You have a new inheritance. Amen. Sometimes that's hard for us though because we look like our mama, we sound like our mama. We even think like our mama a certain amount, you know. We cook like our mama cooked. We dress like our mama dressed. We we uh, we look at pictures and we go, oh my word, that looks like my mama. And so it's hard because we're looking at this outward body. It's hard for us to imagine and and get, catch a hold of the fact that I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. The old man died. Amen. And so therefore I break by the power of the blood of Jesus. I break this ungodly, unrighteous inheritance of heart disease. I break this ungodly, unrighteous inheritance of arthritis. I sever this ungodly inheritance of cancer. And then you go to the doctor and, and, and they want you to fill out papers. Does any of your relatives have cancer? Have they ever had any cancer? Does any of your relatives have heart disease? You only have one that counts and that's Jesus. Amen. Now, you know, hey, I just, I don't believe in telling all the, the doctors all this stuff. You just get them thinking you're weird and then they don't know what to do with you. And all I want them for is I want their, I want their information so I know what to stomp on the devil's head for. Amen. Amen. And sometimes I want their medicine until I can get my faith stronger I want their medicine. I want that it helps me. Amen. It's hard to be in faith when you're in pain. Amen. Amen. And sometimes I need their medicine to buy me some time. Amen. I've had a, evidently I've got a break in my hedge, and I need some time. So I need to take their medicine until I can get the word in my mouth and get it to working in my body. Amen. So don't throw away medicine. Your healing, if you're really healed, will stand up under scrutiny. Amen. You'll go to the doctor and he'll say, Honey, throw your insulin away. Amen. It's, you know, Amen. if you're healed, it'll become evident. And until then, take your medicine. Amen. 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 Now, we don't have to be just ever dependent on medicine where every time, oh my God, I got a headache and you know, we we got a closet full, we got Tylenol and we got it all. We we can we can start our faith on those little things like headaches and stuff like that. But I tell you what, you can release faith while you're taking two aspirin. I, I I've gotten healed in the doctor's office so many times. 
Because I'd just be fighting a faith battle, and when I get in there, I'd feel good. Why? Because when you when you, you when you go in when you finally make the appointment, you go sit down. It takes the pressure off of you. All of a sudden, your face starts working, and you're better for you get in. You know, because you have to wait two hours or something sometimes. You know, so you're better for you get there. Amen. Amen. So you know, sometimes we we and I tell you something else. We need to get rid. of If you're afraid. I had to get rid of being afraid of all the doctors and their tests. I was afraid of them. I was afraid. Listen, fear's not God. Amen. And fear's not faith either. Amen. And, and not going to the doctor because you're afraid of what they'll tell you is not faith. And you'll die on us if you do that. Amen? You don't have to be afraid of what, 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 the, what the doctor says you might have. You don't have to be afraid of a diagnosis. That just gives you something to stomp on. That gives you something to put your faith on. That gives you can pinpoint it that way. You can direct your faith. Now I'm helping somebody there. Okay, turn to Psalm chapter 34. I think y'all caught on. But neither do we have to say it. We don't talk about it at our house. I know today. You know, I, 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 I pastor could tell. And you know, he, he, he didn't get his feelings hurt when I said this, but he said... Well, well what, what is it? Is it, I forget what he said. And I said, I don't want to talk about it. I'm healed. Well, you might say, boy, that was rude. No, I, did, I couldn't think of a way to say it without making a wrong confession. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can't talk about it all the time. But neither do you walk around saying, I'm, neither do you deny the fact that, you're, that you have symptoms. There, you do, do you see what the difference is? That you're not walking around talking about how you feel all the time. Telling everybody about every ache and pain. Amen. Psalm 34. Verse 11. Come ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life? Does anybody in here desire life? And loveth many days that he may see good. Does anybody like to have many days? Do you want to live long? How many of you want to not just live long, but you want to have many good days? Because that's what that verse really says, many good days. You want life, you want many good days? He tells us how in verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. God is really not up to God, is it? We've laid a whole bunch of stuff on God. We've laid a whole bunch of stuff on God, and he said, no, you keep your tongue. You're going to have to keep your tongue. We can't just let this thing run any which way it wants to run and expect to see long life, expect to see good days, and expect to see to have that abundant life that he promised in John 10, 10. Yes. We gotta get a grip on this thing. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. So the fear of the Lord, he said there about the fear of the Lord, is first manifested in our mouth. And our good life depends on us controlling our tongue and our lips. Proverbs 13, verse 2. Read several scriptures tonight. Proverbs chapter 13. See, the devil won't, will come and try you to see if you'll take stuff. You're not going to take it anymore, are you? Amen. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 2. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. You sometimes we look around and we see people that have good things and we think, oh, you know, they're just they're just lucky. Or that God's blessed them. And it's true he has blessed them, but we know from this morning God's no respecter of persons. He's not choosing out people to especially bless. 
He's not choosing out people to especially bless. He doesn't love me more than he loves you. He's not saying I'm going to bless her more because I love her more. No, we see things because of what, not only from, by keeping our mouth from saying wrong things, but by the things that we say that are positive, by taking this word and using it, by getting us those scriptures. Pastor said 60% of the congregation this morning was all that said they had a specific scripture they were standing on for something. Why not? We need to find out, we need to be standing on a scripture for something. You know, nobody's exempt from faith. If you're a millionaire, God wants you to be a billionaire. And if you're not a millionaire yet, He wants you to be. Amen? Amen? You say, well, I, I don't even have my bills paid. Well, he, that's, the first, well that's, that's the first step. Amen? Praise God. There's steps to take. Sometimes we're over here believing God. To, Man, I'm believing for somebody to just walk up and pay for my house. Well, the first step would be to just believe to make the payment on time. That'd be a step. And you know, I found that God, more times than He just pays it off in one lump sum, he, he empowers you to prosper, and He enables you to get the payments made. Amen. He enables you to make extra payments. Amen. He enables you. That's what He does more often than He just walks up with one lump sum. Amen. Amen. The, over and over in the Word of God, He told the children of Israel, He prospered them little by little. They had to increase to inherit they have to, you have to take your mouth and take new ground. Amen? What do you want? Did you, you need clothes? There's promises for clothes in the Word of God. You got it. What, what do I do, Debbie? Find them. If you're believing for a healing, find, ask God to give you a rhema, to show you a specific word. Not, don't just rely on 1 Peter 2.24. That's where you start. That's the first scripture you start with, 1 Peter 2.24. By His stripes we were healed. But you know God wants to speak to you specifically and give you a word. When He gives you a rhema, then you're, that word is a two-edged sword coming out of your mouth. It chops the devil's head off. And the Bible says that what He's promised, He is able to perform. I'm telling you, 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 He'll give you something specific about your heart. He'll tell you a specific scripture that you know that you know God spoke to me this scripture. I know I'm going to live. I know. I know. Praise God. And every time the devil comes at your mind, that'll rise up in you, and you'll say, no, because God said this scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. He'll, there's promises for houses. If you need a house, there's promises in there. There's, wor there's a word for every situation and every circumstance in your life. And some of us need to press in for it. You need to press in for the specific scriptures. If you've got a skin problem, press in for the specific scripture. If you've got a foot problem, press in and find what God's saying to you. Because He wants to say something. I've got some specific scriptures for just every situation in my life. I'm telling you what, those things will bring you through. They'll hold you on track. They'll keep you in faith. They'll keep you holding the rope. Amen. Amen. Because you know your God spoke to you. So it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. Amen? Amen. So if we want to see these things, if we want to have life and many good days, then we take the Word of God. Are we at Proverbs 13 too? Did we read that? He that keepeth his mouth, keep, verse 3, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. No, I know. Now, Debbie, I heard in church all my life 
that God decides to take people home. No, I'm a keeper of my life. I'm the one keeping my life. God's not deciding when people go home. I'm the keeper of my life. He that keepeth his tongue keepeth his life. So, you know, it's up to me, isn't it? It's up to me. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Or the, another uh, translation of that says calamity. We open our mouth wide and we get calamity. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because they've made a breach in their hedge. Or because Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy, and they didn't refuse the package. Listen, I'm telling you, sometimes tremendously bad things have happened to people who didn't say anything wrong. The devil just attacked. But I'm telling you, if you keep your mouth through the attack, God will get you out of it. God will get you out of it. You gotta, what you do is you start agreeing with the Word. You start agreeing with the Word. You start agreeing with the Word. When calamity tries to come your way, just stay in agreement with the Word. Stay in agreement with the Word of God. If, if destruction try, if the destroyer tries to come near one of your children, and I don't care if they're bleeding out of ever opening in their body, stay in agreement with the Word. Stay in agreement with the Word. Stay in agreement with the Word of God. If the paramedic says they're dead, say they'll live and not die. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, if the doctor says there's no hope, Amen. You say what the Word says. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you know, in that time of crisis, we don't have time. Does somebody have a Bible around here? Uh, and start hunting scriptures in the hospital? We don't have time for that. We better have something in our heart, hadn't we? Amen. We better have something in our heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Turn to Proverbs 21. So if we control our tongue, it protects us, doesn't it? It protects us from calamity. It protects us from destruction. We can have a break in our hedge because of what we've said. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. You know family troubles and children troubles. And all kinds of troubles, mother-in-law troubles, all those kind of troubles come from our mouth. Now, we can't make people do right. You can't make your mother-in-law do right. But one thing you can do is you can keep your mouth. Amen. And she can be so mad at you that she can be spitting nails. But you can be going around saying, because I serve God and because I love God, He makes even my enemies to be at peace with me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can start agreeing with the Word of God in every area, family. Let's endeavor to do that. I know that we've cleaned our mouth up a lot. I'm preaching to the choir this morning. You, this evening. You, and and um, 
We've cleaned our mouth up a lot. But let's get every area right. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 17, verse 3. Well, I told you I was going to look at a lot of scripture tonight. But one thing about it, they're all right here close, aren't they? Psalm 17, 3. I like this. I really like this verse. 17, 3. Psalm 17. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. Listen to this. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. I've made it a purpose that my mouth will not transgress. Amen. I, I remember hearing Joyce Meyer say about running to the bathroom and stuffing a wash rag in her mouth just to keep from saying something. Whatever it takes. Amen. Whatever it takes. Amen. Then he goes on to say, verse 4, Concerning the works of men, listen to this, By the word of thy lips I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Listen, by the words of your lips you can stay out of the way of the devil. He may shoot a gun at you, but he'll miss you. By the words of your lips you keep you from the paths of the destroyer. Amen. Man, I'm excited about this. So we got to keep a tight rein on our mouth, don't we? We got to get filled up with the word of God. And you know what? When you get filled up, you won't have to think, now I need to make a good confession here. It'll just run out of you. It'll just run over and run out of you. Hallelujah. And you know, when you come to church, you get blessed. We lay hands on people a lot around here, different times. And we had, like Wednesday night, the presence of God, and he's here tonight too. There's a really neat presence of God here tonight. But Wednesday night, such a tangible presence of God. Our clothes were saturated with the presence of God. I had to send mine to the cleaners. And I just fully expected somebody getting healed at the cleaners because our clothes were saturated. Our hair was saturated with the presence of God Wednesday night. Amen. And um, you, you just, oh, I lost my train of thought. I got so over there, I got so excited. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm, he's here. You start talking about his presence and then what do you start getting more of his presence and then amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Oh, I know. You get so blessed. But you know what? You can leave here full of the blessing of God and let it leak out through your mouth. Amen. It's one thing to get blessed. It's not real hard to come in here in the corporate anointing and get blessed. It's another thing to keep the blessing. Amen. And you're the one that has to do that. We can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. Pastor can't do it for me. I can't do it for my kids. I can't get them healed anymore. Now I can believe with them. I can mix my faith with them. And I can supply, help, help the Lord supply this anointing that's here. I can cooperate with it and flow with that anointing and, and help provide that presence so they can get that tangible anointing in their life and get them healed. But I can't get them healed anymore. Mine are too big. Amen. And I can't keep you blessed. But you can. You can. Hallelujah. In, in Proverbs 18, verse 21, you're not far, are you? We're right there. I'm going to read this. It says, For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not... No, that's wrong. <coughs> Proverbs 18, 21. Hmm, I'm in Psalm. That's what's wrong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Y'all all beat me there. 
Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The New American Standard says there, Hallelujah. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Hallelujah. Death and life are in our tongue. Death and life are not in God's hands. Amen. Jesus came that you might have life. He saved you so you could have life, so you could have abundant life, so you could have long life. Amen. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Praise God. That's right. I want you to notice there that there are only two choices. See, a lot of times we want to live in the gray area. There's not a gray area. We want God to go. We won't say, now you know, God, I didn't mean that. Well, see, it's not God that's the destroyer anyway. So, And he knows you didn't mean it. But Satan's a legalist. Amen? Amen. He will try to kill you with a hangnail if he can. Amen. He will. He is a legalist. So there's not but two choices, death and life. And we eat the fruit of our own tongues. Deuteronomy 30, 19, we won't turn there, but you know what it says. He says, I have set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. And then what does he say to do? Choose life. Well, how do we choose life? With our mouth. With our mouth. You know what? It's the same for depression. Did you know you don't have to receive the package? You don't have to receive it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. We don't have much more. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. I know sometimes we wish God hadn't left it so much to up to, but he did. Matthew 12, 33. He says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Now you can tell what your tree's like by your fruit. This is not a scripture so much for us to take and use on other people. Oh, I can tell your tree's not good by your fruit. You know, if you can tell my tree's not good by my fruit, there's not one thing in this world you can do about my tree. Amen. Is, is there? But there's only one person you can do something about their tree. Here, we, when we talk about the tree, we're talking about your heart. When we talk about the fruit, we're talking about our words. And it says, okay, my heart is known by my words. Instead of a tree is known by its fruit, my heart is known by my words. See, I can know my own heart by listening to my own words. I can know my own heart by listening to what I'm saying. Amen? Okay. And so, and then verse 34. Uh, o generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. That word treasure there could better be rendered deposit. So if you put evil things into your heart, you're going to bring forth evil things. If you deposit them in there. If you deposit good things out of your into your heart, you will bring forth good things. In that day of calamity, that day of trial, that day when that 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 the devil knocks at your door, if you put some good things in your heart, then good things will start coming out of your mouth. Amen. Put the pressure on, the pressure will come on you and the word will spurt out. Amen. Hallelujah. He says in verse 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. 
I, I don't really think so much that God is talking about here that when we get to heaven, He's going to bring us up before Him and He's going to show us every word that we've said and He's going to judge us. If I read my Bible right, I'm saved, I'm blood washed, I'm not going to judgment. The only thing I'm going to is I'm going to a reward uh, ceremony where he's passing out rewards. I don't think I'm going to heaven to give account of my evil words. You know, that wouldn't be very heavenly. I, I just don't think that'd be heaven for God to bring up on the video screen every bad thing I've ever said. That sounds more like hell. That sounds like torture, doesn't it? For some of us, it would be extreme torture for every word that we have ever said to come up on a video screen and you listen to yourself say it. My Lord, we can't even stand to listen to us preach the good things we preach on cassette tape. I don't like to hear my own voice. How much more would I hate to hear all the bad things that I've ever said? No, what he's talking about here is when Satan brings a day of judgment against you. Then that's when your words count. Amen? That's what gave Satan the place to bring the judgment, is your words. And that's what keeps him enforcing judgment against you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop him. He is a renegade. He is a lawbreaker. He has no respect for God and man. He'll do anything we'll let him do. Amen? We stop him. We stop him. Hallelujah. You know, if you tried to stop him in the past and you didn't win, you know why you didn't? Probably because you had two things coming out of your mouth and he didn't believe you. Amen? We've all done that. When we said, oh, praise God, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and I'm healed. Satan, I'm not taking this. And honey walks in and we And we tell him blow by blow. And, you know, and we just lose our confession right there. Don't get under condemnation, but we got to change our mouths. Amen. You know, here in Matthew 12, verse 33, he said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, have you ever thought about a slip of the tongue? Do you realize there's not really any such thing as, Oh, that was just a slip of the tongue. There's that, that, there, that's not really true. It came out of our heart or it came out of our head. If it came out of your heart, you put it in there at some time or another. If it, or somebody else did. Maybe mama said it so much it got down in you. Or daddy said it so much. You know, you can be a, have things in your heart that way. But if it came out of your head, you know what you're doing? You're taking Satan's thoughts that he planted in your head and you're planting them in your own heart. So we need to find out, is this coming out of my heart or out of my head? If you've said it more than once, it's probably coming out of your heart. It's the first time you ever heard yourself say it. It may be that you just bought some thought that the devil dropped in your head. I want to tell you something. When you have an ugly thought, have any of you ever had an ugly thought? I mean, ugly. I have. I mean, has a, 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 something bad come into your mind before? Did you know that wasn't you? That came right from the devil. He just dropped that in your mind. He's wanting you to buy it. Half the church is walking under condemnation because they thought an ugly thought. I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that Satan can drop thoughts in your mind. 
And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we cast those imaginations down. When it comes to your mind, you cast it down. You know, I've had curse words come to my mind before. And I didn't. It's not words I've ever said. And I've just had this nasty word come to my mind. And you know what I do? I don't get under condemnation for that. I say, no, devil. My mind's not your garbage can. I don't take those thoughts. Those are not mine. And I refuse that. That's what I say to him. You know, sometimes you've had cancer thoughts come to your mind. Well, I'm telling you, honey, that wasn't God. But sometimes they, clo- they come cloaked in spirituality. You know, I've had the devil tell me that God, that, that, oh, that I would have this thought about, you know, my husband was going to die, and then I'd have the thought right with it that God's preparing me, so I'll be ready, you know, I'll be... Did you, I have had that thought come to my mind. I have. And you know, one time the Lord spoke to me and He said, Debbie, I'm not preparing you for destruction and calamity. God, when you have that thought, that's from the devil. Amen. Cast that imagination down. No, devil, you're not touching my husband. You'll satisfy him with long life. And you don't need to just ignore these thoughts. See, a lot of times we just say, well, you know, we just ignore it. No, you, if you don't cast it down, he'll keep coming back with it until you bite, until you keep meditating on it, and you keep thinking. I found, I, I have had Satan bring a thought to my mind, and before I could get through, before I could get it cast down, before I could rationally figure out that he was coming against my mind, I could have a funeral planned out. I know you think that's strange, but you've all done the same thing. You've all had that thought, well, where would I bury her if she were to die? You've had that thought. I've had flashes. For years, the devil would flash a picture to me, a destructive picture of a car accident. It would just flash in my mind, and I would see it clearly for, for years. See, he just kept coming back with it. See, you've got to stand however long it takes. You've got to withstand him. And so many times we, we resist Him once and we just give up. No, you just keep resisting. And we, or we bow over into His fear and we get over into a fear realm. Listen, when you get fear in your life, you'll start attracting destruction. You'll start attracting things from the devil. You get over into fear. Praise God. That's the truth. Hallelujah. So we need to make our tree good. It's up to me to make my heart good. Jesus, see when he's talking about that, Jesus recreated my spirit. But my mind, will, and emotions, it's up to me to change them. He gave me the tools. He gave me the word of God. He gave me a prayer language. He gave me the blood of Jesus. He gave me revelation to know to resist the devil. He gave me the name of Jesus. But it's up to me. I gotta clean it out. I gotta clean out every bit of unbelief, every bit of fear. I gotta clean out all the negative stuff. I gotta clean out all the curse words. You say, well, how could you have curse words inside of you? They get there. You work with people that curse all day, and especially before you knew to have a to go to work prayed up and protection over you. Those things are easy to get inside of you and pick up. I was raised with mother and a mother and daddy that used curse words. Now, you know, not terribly bad and not the Lord's name in vain, but curse words that I don't want to say. I'm telling you, and I'm speaking honest with you, every once in a while, I hadn't cursed in years, truly, but every once in a while, 
just out of the, I mean, just like maybe every five years or so, out of the blue, some word will come up and I'll go, dear God, where did that come from? Well, we don't, don't get under condemnation. It's just in the heart and it needs to get cleaned out. I mean, it's, it, I, I sometimes think God just allows those things to come up out of us so we'll see them and say, I'm going to deal with you right now. Because if you don't, they'll get you under laughing gas or something. <laughs> All that stuff will come out. <laughs> you know. I went to the dentist recently and he said, uh, give her the gas. And, I, and the nurse said, she doesn't want it. And he said, really? I really like it. He said, I wish they'd let me have it. He said, I, I'm really for it. Don't you want it? I said, no. I do not. I did not want his gas. And part of it was really, I told Michael, fear of loss of control. I did not want to lose any control in there. Really. I didn't. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. So we clean it up. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we, how do we, how do we get our heart right? I want to give you some ways, okay? Number one is recognize it for what it is. Don't ignore things that come up out of your heart. Whether it just be a negative confession, whether it be fear that's coming up, recognize it. And don't excuse it and don't ignore it. The most dangerous thing you can do is ignore it. And the next most dangerous thing you can do is just to excuse it say, oh, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. It came out of your heart. You need to get it cleaned up. Number two, bring your heart under subjection by asking for forgiveness. When something yucky comes out of you, whether if you gossip, if you, if you slander somebody, if that's yucky. If it comes out of you, bring your heart under subjection by repenting. Tell the Lord, call it what it is. Call it sin. Say, Father, that's ugly. That's evil. That's sin. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. And then number three, ask God to change your heart. Begin to give God liberty to change and to clean your heart. Amen? Number four, pump the Word in it and it'll force the wrong out. you got unbelief in you, the best thing you can do is just pump the Word in. Pump the Word in, pump the Word in. It'll force all that unbelief out of you. And when your heart is filled up, it will overflow. Number five, cast down evil imaginations. When wrong thoughts come to your mind, cast them down. Don't get under condemnation. The worst thing you can do is feel condemned because you had an evil thought or a wicked thought. Everybody in here has them. Now, if you have not subjected yourself to watching things that are evil in this world, you won't even know to have those kind of thoughts. Listen, if you are having thoughts, perverse sexual thoughts, you've probably put perverse sexual material in. Otherwise, you don't know it exists. Like this lady that got on drugs here in town. There was a lady got on drugs here in town. and I mean, she was, they, they were saved. They were going and blowing. And then all of a sudden, they're taking drugs. And I said to her, I said, how did you know where to go get drugs in this town? She says, oh, it's easy. You can find them anywhere. I said, I wouldn't have a clue where to go. I wouldn't know where to start to go find drugs in this town. See, we know things we shouldn't know sometimes. I said, I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't know where to even begin to find drugs in this town. Oh, they're easy to find. Listen, we're toying with stuff. We're knowing things we shouldn't know if we know where to get drugs in this town. Amen? Amen. And other things. We don't need to know things we don't need to know because then we got to cast down imaginations we wouldn't have to cast down. 
Hello. Do y'all know what I mean? Now, we live in a world today where you can just sit in the mall and watch what people wear and have to cast down some imagination. Right? Amen. I mean, you can just... So, you know, that's what we live in. But So we don't get under condemnation, but we also guard against things, against knowing things we don't need to know. There are movies that are available on TV we don't need to watch. Easily available. And they've made it too easy. They've made it where nobody has to know. Used to, you had to go to an adult video store and you, had, could, you could have been seen in town. You don't have to do that anymore. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in the position of having to cast down the imagination. Don't believe the lie when the devil says, you just, you know, you need to know what's out there so you'll know what to resist. That is a lie. That is entrapment. That is to get you entangled. You don't need to know what's out there. You don't need to know how the sinners are living. Amen. You don't. Because you know what? All of those things, those, those thoughts will come back and you have to cast them down. I know we had a pastor friend of ours one time and he said, does anybody know what a doghouse is? I mean, besides the doghouse. Is that what it's called? Okay, Myron's the only one in the whole place that knows what a doghouse is that's not a doghouse. In the oil field, they have this room where the where they go, what it, it's a trailer, and, and you know, when they're drilling an oil well, and it's the doghouse. And when they take breaks and stuff, they go to the doghouse. Now, why it's called doghouse, I don't know, but we lived in oil well country. And he said, you know, he, he was made, you know, he was preaching, but he had to take a job, and he had to go work in the oil field for a while along with his preaching. And he went in the doghouse one day, just one time went in the doghouse, opened the door, and they had... Uh, pictures of women that they shouldn't have had hanging on the walls and he said for years he's had to ca he cast down that imagination well however long it takes family just keep casting it down just keep casting it down just keep casting that imagination down amen hallelujah don't buy in and number six don't give up on yourself don't ever say it's no use hallelujah Praise God. I want us, one of the best things that God gave us to clean up our mouth with is praying in tongues. The another thing that God gave us to clean up our mouth with is praise and worship. There's just something about coming to church, getting under the corporate anointing, praising the Lord, speaking praises out of your mouth that changes you and when you go outside of this building it's hard to say bad things after the praises of god have come out of your mouth now i'm not saying you can't you can do it but it's hard but most of the you know what most of the church would do let's just say you had a hard week boy let's just say you let the tongue slip you hit your finger with the hammer and you let you let it fly yesterday let's just say that you know that wouldn't be unusual in the body of Christ. That would be not an unusual example. Boy, you just let it fly. You thought, man, I thought I was past all that, but it just came a rip-roaring out of you. Hallelujah. All of you are looking at me like, I can't imagine, but I know you can. I know you could. Or let's just put it this way. You stumped your little toe on the bed frame last night, and it just came, a, it just ripped out of you. 
And you go, oh, you know what most of the body of Christ would do if that happened to them on Saturday night? They'd come in on Sunday morning. We'd start praising and worshiping, and they wouldn't feel worthy, and they wouldn't sing. They just wouldn't even sing the worst song. Not because they didn't love God. Not because they didn't think He was worthy of worship. But oh, I could I, look. listen to what I said. I couldn't sing them. The best thing you could do would be to sing the praises of God. The best thing you could do is to let the praises of God come in out of your mouth. I tell you, family, if you let it, if something slips out of you, just ask the Lord to forgive you. He knew it was in there all along. Just ask the Lord to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and just start speaking in tongues the next minute. The devil wants to help. The devil tempts you to do wrong and then whips you for doing it. Amen. He does. He just Amen. condemns you. That's what he does to Christians. He tempts them to do wrong and then just whips them all over the place because they did wrong. Just condemns them with everything he's got. Listen, just repent. And then just start speaking in tongues. Now I want us to speak in tongues for a little bit tonight because that's the best way to get control of your mouth. So let's stand up together.